This is an ABC podcast. Yes, another one straight back in reply. Miller lays it up. And now the margin's safe. And the victory that begins for the Taipans. The Cairns Taipans last night defeated the South East Melbourne Phoenix 94-75 to in Cairns to move to fifth spot on the NBL ladder. It's a big period when it comes to basketball in Australia. 11 games or 11 days in a row, there's basketball in which you can tune in, including Christmas Day. Uh, great to have the company of Dave Stevenson, who's the CEO of the NBL, and he joins you on Summer Grandstander. Dave, welcome. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me on, Matt. Great to have a chat. I mentioned there's sort of games left, right and centre. So uh, today we look forward to the opportunity to watch Illawarra and Tasmania and then the open um, open air match between Melbourne United and Perth. And this is always a great rivalry, so a chance for Melbourne sporting fans and those to tune in on TV as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the highlights of the calendar. Uh, to be able to have so many games over this holiday festive period. And I know everyone's looking for great entertainment to go along to and watch and uh, should be an, an amazing crescendo of the season. So Adelaide and Brisbane on Christmas Eve, and then you've got the Christmas Day matches, Tasmania and South East Melbourne, and then the Sydney Kings and Illawarra, so a double header. How much negotiating has to take place with the players as to whether they want to play on Christmas Day? Yeah, look, I think everything we do, we, we're always, um, I, I think about it more as consulting and working with the players and the, the Players Association. And I think what they've seen is the success of the Christmas Day games in the NBA, but also the gap in the market we have here locally with no other major sport playing on Christmas Day. And it's a big TV audience and a great chance for them to to play in front of a big crowds and, and should be a lot of energy come uh, come on Monday. So the Jack Jumpers have had such good attendance for their games. How careful were you in picking the, the right markets and the right teams? Yeah, look, it's always a lot of art and science to go into these things. I think um, the, the Jack Jumpers to be able to have an easy flight for the team coming in and out uh, with the Phoenix and, and then obviously in Sydney having two teams from New South Wales just minimises the time away from, from players with their, their families. Uh, so we're thoughtful there. We always take a, a good read off what the clubs want to do and, and where the players are at. And, and again, generally, uh, we've had great, great support and success for this concept. It's been another entertaining start to the season. Melbourne United have been the, the ladder leaders, the table leaders, with 13 wins from their opening 16 games. How have you seen the start of the, the competition? I guess the, the international recognition that it's one of the best leagues around the world, apart from the NBA. Yeah, that certainly helps. I mean, all of our metrics are, are going unbelievably well. Our broadcast is up 35% and all of our digital engagement metrics are all over 50%. But I think a lot of that is really due to the quality of the play on court. So whether it is the eight next stars who have come from around the world that want to use the NBL as a springboard towards the, the NBA draft next year, or the closeness of the competition, or, or frankly, the Australian players who continue to get better and as they prepare for for the Paris Olympics. So uh, it's got some good momentum this year and uh, we, we can't wait for that rest of the season to come come along. We've seen guys who have played uh, in the NBA like uh, Matthew Delvadova, Aaron Baines are back playing in the, the NBL. It's an interesting time with, I guess, a lot of the, the boomers reaching sort of the back end of their career, guys like Joe Ingalls. How, how often are you in sort of communication with them, Patty Mills, that when they do think that uh, their professional career in America is coming to a close, the, the chance to try and come back and play here in Australia? Yeah, that's exactly right, man. I mean, I think Delhi's a good example where, where he finished up in the NBA, came back, had a, had a great season with Melbourne United and then got picked up to go back to the NBA again. So that's just recognition, I think, of those NBA 
clubs that our league is that that great um, you know number two domestic league outside the NBA, um, but also for those Australian players who want to come back and play at a high standard and and, and show their wares in front of their family and friends. Um, the, the level of interest in, in playing in our league from those players continues to grow and grow, let alone, again, those those young uh, American and European kids who are really keen to, to get ready for the draft, as we're seeing you know, Alex Saar out of Perth, who's now the, the potential number one draft pick. So it's going well. Dave Severson, the NBL CEO, is with you on Summer Grandstand. As a league, how much of a challenge is it when you're, you're trying to attack, uh, attract that international sort of flavour of players, whether it's uh, the likes of those college players who might be looking for a year or two before they start their professional careers versus, I guess, some of the older players like a, a Dwight Howard who may be looking to play somewhere, you know, before his, his career comes to a close as to how you're trying to attract those sort of headline acts versus the, the integrity of the competition and making sure it is as consistent as possible. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Matt. I mean, at the end of the day, the clubs choose the players that they think will help them win the title. You know, they're not NBL decisions, they're, they're club decisions. So those clubs need to feel comfortable and, and ultimately that's what they do. And even as you've seen those next stars, you know, generally speaking, started off a little bit slow in the start of the season and they're now hitting their straps as they get used to playing in, in such a physical and mature league. And to see so many of them now starting and, and, and flying along gives us great confidence. And then you know, we'll always be open to anyone who's got a you know a potential interest in playing the league, particularly if they've got a, a big NBA following. That always helps. Um, but we, we wouldn't do anything that would compromise the integrity of the competition because that's first and foremost our, our number one objective. So you've been in the role with the NBL for, for just under 12 months. Where, where do you see the possibilities in terms of the growth of the competition? Yeah, I think the growth is is unbelievably big uh, in the next few years because I think we're only just scratching the surface. The, the growth we've had has been has been so good, but we're coming off a, a smaller base. And I think what we know, uh, in particularly in, in the Australian and the New Zealand communities, are people looking for wholesome, uh, family focused entertainment, and the fact that you can be in and out of a game in in under two hours. Uh, it's a lot of fun, both even while the, the game's uh, in a timeout or, or a quarter time break, that I think we've just become a stronger and stronger entertainment proposition for families. So um, we think if we can tap into that growing interest in the game, particularly when it's the number two participation sport, uh, that we should continue to grow aggressively for the foreseeable future. Things like expansion. I mean, we're seeing in the NBA in sort of season tournaments. Are they the, thought, the sort of things that you think the fans would really get around? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, expansions are really exciting because there's a whole lot of markets who are keen to have an NBL team. You know, we've been uh, on public record as looking at, uh, at places like Gold Coast, Darwin, another team in, in Sydney, uh, other regional locations as well as, you know, internationally, particularly around Asia. And then, yeah, I think the NBA deserve huge credit for that in-season tournament. So, uh, obviously, they're playing 82 games a year. So, there's a lot of games that they've got to keep people focused on. Uh, our teams are playing 28, so we don't have exactly the same challenge, but uh, we're constantly trying to learn and innovate both from other sports, but as well as most importantly, listening to our fans who are generally pretty good at telling us what's working and what's not. Now, Dave, as I let you go, I'm asking everyone what they're doing in the lead up to Christmas. What does Christmas Day look like? It sort of feels like it's a pretty obvious question for you, I suppose. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I've come up from Melbourne so I can go along and see the uh, the Sydney game on Christmas Day. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, we've got a, a feast of games. So I'll be glued to the TV 
uh, watching those over the next few days and then uh, and then certainly enjoy a Christmas Day game uh, that night at Sydney. Absolutely. It's a great time of year and uh, you'll be able to watch a lot of basketball if that's your go. Uh, Dave, as always, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and all the best for your family. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.